0: Hello everybody, I'm Derek Arden and welcome to Monday Night Live, our live and uncut podcast, which goes out every Monday night and is then syndicated onto YouTube, Spotify and all the platforms. Today I've got Sue Richardson with me. I've known Sue for a while. She's been a great supporter of mine when I was uh, chairman and uh, president of the Professional Speaking Association. I just want to tell you a little bit about Sue. Sue is an award-winning non-fiction publisher, founder of the right Book Company, uh, and uh, as we know a book is really a business card to get you more business. Um, theater was Sue's passion and she was in the activist youth theater for a while, went back to university, got a degree, uh, set up her own uh, theater company. Now in Sue's business she gets to travel, she was at the Beijing Uh, book fair not so long ago and the frankfurt book fair a while ago sue thanks for joining us and can you give me a snapshot or give us a snapshot of how you got into publishing
1: i'd be delighted derek yes hello everybody and thank you so much for inviting me to this um Wonderful company of people. um it's lovely to see you all here. and um how did I get into publishing? Well, I I had moved away from the theater, which was a disaster, really. I mean, much as I loved it, I I could never make ends meet. I was always a very impoverished um actor and uh and director. And so I decided that I needed to make some money. So I went and worked for um the in the uh, higher education sector for a bit. Um, And and that also kind of flopped a bit for me. But one of the best things, the thing that I absolutely loved about my job working at what was then the University of North London, was that we published um, a monthly newsletter for a kind of research, a European research group that we'd set up. And I loved it. I really got the publishing bug. Now, I'd always been nuts about books anyway. Um, And when I came out, I thought, right, you know, publishing is going to be my my career. So it took me a little while to find it. I was in my early 30s by the time I actually realised the books were it. But once I realised that was it and I've been there ever since.
0: Wow. And did you write a book yourself at the beginning or not? Or was, I did.
1: It... I wrote a book, not right at the beginning. I think one of the things about publishing is that you, I mean, I suppose I created a book. I had a series of books um that were all based in the art and craft world. And and it was a sort of so it was, I was always a bit more of an editor than a writer. Although mm. I do write now. Um it's it's one of those things I think if you love to to um edit other people's work and and pull other people's ideas together and, and see their stories go out into the world. Sometimes it can feel like a big leap to do your own. I have written a couple of small books, but uh, it's much more my thing to edit and publish other people.
0: And just describe to us the different types of book publishing because most people don't understand that i didn't when i first got into it i thought you had to go and find a publisher and they would take all the costs and publish your book i realized after i was thrown out of a couple of publishers by a 18 year old who said well why should we publish your book what's different to the other thousand books on negotiating i gave up and then self published my own and uh, did it you're you're sort of in the middle aren't you can you describe that to everybody
1: yeah well we we um our business model is is a it's a hybrid publishing company which is um kind of a relatively new term actually um and and it's but it's a good one it's the first one i think that everybody's sort of embraced because it it sort of is right in the middle between self publishing and and the traditional trade publishing route. Now, as you say, Derek, I mean, the trade publishing route is all about a publisher Buying your idea, buying into what it is that you have to say and buying into you as well. Trade publishers need to know that you're going to be able to get behind your book and really make it fly. So they love to work with people who have big networks, probably quite high profiles already um, and, you know, and possibly quite a new and original idea. The main thing for a traditional publisher, of course, is that they have to have a commercial product because the only way they're really manufacturers and the only way that they can make any money and keep the lights on and pay their people and all of the rest is by flogging lots and lots of product, i.e. books. So they need your idea to be something that they can really get behind, that they can sell and that they know you will sell lots of books, too. So that's how that works. Self-publishing, of course, anyone can do. And they it's nowadays very easy to do it and as we know you have gone down both routes so you can tell us a bit about that but the thing is about the hybrid and i love being a hybrid publisher is that i have the i don't know the kind of honor really being able to work with people who've got a really great business case for a book and really great ideas and things to say and stories to tell but they don't necessarily have something that's going to be a commercial enough product to fly thousands and thousands and thousands of books off the shelves so your experience when you self published absolutely it's you know you had a, you had a few closed doors but then suddenly i guess i imagine this is what happened was they came after you a bit later once you were Derek Arden the expert that you had become and were seen to be so you were more sought after is would that be right
0: yeah that's absolutely right and when I uh, self-published that with um, a guy called Aileen Stone that people know I made it look I spent a fair bit of money on it I tried to make it look my last book this is going to be on the shelf at W.H. Smith's of course it it wasn't and we'll talk about how you get a book on but it found that. that was the difference. And the same thing happened to Will Kinchish about a month before. So if we hadn't mm-hmm. put the energy into self-publishing, we would have never been found by Pearson, who published Will's book, published my book, mm-hmm. who particularly wanted UK experts on subjects to mm-hmm. write a book. And therefore Eloise Cook, the editor, who was fantastic, wrote, yeah. the business, wrote the business case. I didn't have to do all the things I hate uh, like writing business cases, pitching it, mm-hmm. et cetera. They, they did it all. But um, yeah. as she yeah. said, there's no money in this Derek. So, you know, you have to decide why you're doing it. And mm-hmm. I decided I was doing it for the ego trip and the business card. And that was the <laughs> right answer, but she did quiz me on how many connections I had on Facebook, how many connections on LinkedIn, how many connections on Instagram, and made me realize you've got to get tons lots. Yeah. So I went from 500 to 5,000. Yeah. Yeah. Very quickly. Um, And
1: to be honest, it's, you know, that that's really kind of it's really helpful if you what I always say to people is, you know, even if you think perhaps that going down the trade route, the traditional publishing route isn't quite right for you, it's really worth having a look at it first anyway because you learn so much from the process and if you download if you go to a publisher say you go to Pearson's website and you download the guidelines for authors that they give you they lay it out for you all the things that you need to do to write and publish a really brilliant book they give you so you know it's a great way to kind of put yourself into that mindset of you know, what is the business case that I'm I have for this book? And how will I make it work? And how will the book work to increase my profile to get me where I want it to go? Because what I think a book really is for most of us who want who are using this in our business, it's a door opener. It's so much more than a business card, actually, Derek. I mean, you're absolutely right, it's a brilliant business card, but wow, it's so much more than a business card because it's you know, it's something that actually we can we can directly speak to people. We may not even are aware. We may not even be aware of. You know, they're they're there, and they they might pick up our book serendipitously and actually go, "Gosh, you know, wow, I've I've seen this book win win by Derek by Derek Arden. This guy, I need to get this guy in." So it's like you know that whole thing of where where your book might reach if you do it really well and you do it properly and that's one of the slight problems about self-publishing and there may be some of you here who've already gone down that route and and I get it um, and it's a great way to kick off but it's a lot of work and the distribution piece is quite tricky you know you it's not you, where you work with a proper publisher professional publisher you're more likely to get your book seen by people who don't already know you
0: and people don't realise that, that it's uh, a tricky. And you're not writing a business book for the money, for sure. Some people really think they are. You're writing it for the other things that go, that go with it. So, Sue, so let's turn to um, why should a business owner, say someone like John Lesby, who's an accountant, why should they write a book?
1: As a business owner... Again, it's it's about credibility. It's about being known for who you are and what you do. And it's also an opportunity to tell the stories that have got you to where you are in your business. So whatever it is, I mean, there may be any number of reasons why a business owner, we work with an awful lot of business owners and leaders We've done one book quite recently for a major global company who wanted simply to celebrate their 30th anniversary of being mm-hmm. in business. Mm-hmm. So, that and that for them, and they've got a beautiful book that they've spent a lot of money on and they've presented it in a lovely case with a little piece of video. And I mean, it's really amazing. And they're just sending that to all the people that they've ever worked with all the people they'd like to work with you know and they're and they're using it as a massive celebration And the the legacy of the CEO of that company, you know, telling the story of those 30 years of what has got that company from nowhere to where it is today has been a wonderful thing for that company to do. So that it could be for that reason. Sometimes you might have uh, business owners who are on a bit of a mission. Uh, not you know that perhaps you know purpose let a purpose-led business we've worked with for example paul hargreaves who is the ceo of cotswold fair who are a um a they're a, a wholesaler food wholesalers he's on an absolute mission he's, a, he's a, a b corp ambassador and he wants to go out into the world to speak about how businesses can be forces for good so you know for Paul his books are very much about those speaking opportunities that have given they've given him the platform to really go out and uh and kind of move outside of his kind of his role it's all bound up with his role in business sure. but it's actually you know a slight extension of that too so any number of reasons why but a really good one I think is really about refining one's refining one's content, one's IP, and and actually being able to formulate it, think deeply about what it is that our business means in the world, and get it out there.
0: And as Patricia Fripp said last week on the show, it's all about stories, and everyone's got stories, haven't they? They don't realise that. So when Uh, I joined the Speaking Association, everybody told me I should write a book. Uh, All the top speakers had written books, and I sort of ignored it. And (laughs) ignored it for too long and then when I wrote one I thought I should have done this (laughs) I was ignoring all so someone on the call or watching this on YouTube listening to this on um, Spotify thought they wanted to um, write a book and had this idea what
1: should they do first oh great question Well, I think for me, to be really honest, I think people need to think about why it is they want to do it in the first place. So, So really get clear about what they see happening as a result of being a published author, as a result of this book being out into the world. An awful lot of people, especially people who've got a lot of knowledge about their subject area, start with the what, They start with, okay, I've got all this stuff in my head. I'm just going to get it all out on paper. And we at the right book company really, really believe that if you start with a kind of really clear strategic process of why do you want to do it in the first place and who do you want to do it for? So it's the, it's the objectives that you seek. So they may be things like, reach there may be things like you know PR or being known for what it is that you do or there may be things like you know um like being talked about more you know reputation all of that kind of stuff so whatever it is that's right for you whatever it is you want to create by being a published author think about those reasons think about the why first and then almost hand in hand with that Think about the who. So, you know, who is your target audience? Who do you want to influence? Who do you want to reach? And if you think those two things through very, very carefully, sometimes the what just drops out of that. It's clear what it is that you need to do and where you need to start.
0: Yes. What I used to call the 5WH from Rudyard Kipling, what, why, how, when, who. is absolutely yeah. crucial in everything but you, yeah. you're talking very business-like like you should write a business case first mm. and I get that but a lot of people don't do they they come straight at it I want to write a book
1: yeah and that you know we're, we're human beings as human beings we're very driven by our egos we know we're quite vain creatures really we all think we're terribly terribly interesting and actually we are but if actually that's our driver it can mean that we miss what it is you know, that we have, we've got this gift, we need to allow it to land, we need to make sure that we're wrapping it up in the right way. And that gift is really needed and wanted. It's like any other product, really, you know, people don't go into business to create products unless they know what it is they want to do, but also they know it's going to land, they know somebody needs it out there. So being very focused on on that business case, as you say, Derek, for the book, and, and kind of Almost creating, you could almost think about creating a mini business plan for your book. Yeah, you know, thinking through those the the, ta- the market for it. You know, think all the things that you as business owners might do. You might think of in terms of creating this book product, bearing in mind that as Derek says, it's not a it's a very odd product, a book, because you're probably not creating the one thing you're probably not creating it for is to make lots of money out of the sales of that product. But what you're doing is you're creating something that actually will return you some cash from uh, Derek, you've been selling your books today, um, which I'm very pleased to hear about. But it's not all about that. It's much more about getting those stories out and getting that influence over, you know, over other people, reaching people who might not know you and all of that kind of stuff and increasing the way people talk about you, how they talk about you and and how they can pick up your ideas and run with them
0: now was an american uh, guy dan pointer who you know he's not with us anymore sadly yeah. he used to say everyone's got a book in them and he told me once when i was picking up a bit of free coaching 10 chapters 10 subheadings to the chapters and just get your computer out and, and get on with it and then somebody else told me get a return ticket to edinburgh take your computer with you, get lots of coffee and the momentum of the train will, um, and that works for me.
1: Do you know, I know an awful lot of people who use train journeys to do, do, yeah, it's amazing because you just, it's weird, isn't it? It's almost like we get so distracted, it's so, so... Easy when we're busy running businesses, you know, to be distracted by all the little day-to-day stuff. We have to find a way of actually immersing ourselves in this in this project and getting it done. It's mm. true. So train journeys are good.
0: Amazing. Now Damien Lewis is one of our friends on here, and he came on the top masterclass. And uh, his latest book's out, and he's under real pressure all the time to uh, yeah. Every six months he's got to produce a book which I think makes him quite a bit of money, but actually a film's now been produced, you know, and uh, yes. that's really, uh, really taken taken off for him. How many of us can expect, uh, you know, Netflix to come in for our <laughs> books, So,
1: Not, I don't think very many in our space, sadly.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, there we go. Um, and Dan said everyone's got a book in them. Should someone mm. like one of our our uh, professionals on the show or listening to this Mm. should they write a book about their life story for their grandchildren I know some people would like to do that or should you just bash it out on a word document
1: um I think there's no harm in I mean I think this is where self-publishing does come into its own actually you know what's the harm in that you know my grandfather died at 104 and he was he was a Geordie and he literally had an incredibly incredible business and believe it or not he was an importer of coal now you know they say coals to newcastle well he really did do it he imported coal to newcastle between the wars made himself quite a lot of money but worked until his early 90s wouldn't ever give up work When he stopped working, he started writing and he wrote poetry and he wrote he wrote the story of his experience in the First World War, which was a book called The Civilian Soldier. He wasn't a good writer, but he published every single book himself. And I, we were so proud of him, you know, I've still got some of his old poetry books, you know, he's been dead a long time now, but, you know, he lived to 104 scribbling away, and I think that's where it doesn't, if there's a real personal thing that you want to do, like leaving a legacy for your grandchildren, go for it, and that's when self publishing really can come into its own, because you can do it very cost effectively, there is no business case for it, frankly, But it's just a personal thing and it's a lovely thing to do so why not
0: it's a lifestyle business yeah yeah and it's
1: something that your family will be really will love actually
0: so i was with will kintish 10 days ago and we were discussing uh, how long you might live and I think maybe your granddad lived a long time because he was still working till he was 90 and exactly. then he was writing books I mean exactly. I've got a theory you've got that purpose and you're doing things wow it makes a massive difference because the chemicals you pump into your body by being positive are fantastic yeah. absolutely fantastic let me see what I've got on my list here so how do many leaders let's go back to leaders how do they find the time or the space to write a
1: book Oh, yes. I mean, and you know, you and your train. I mean, what a great way to do it. You have to be disciplined. You have to find a way of carving out the time in your diary, because if you don't, it won't happen. And the other thing I think is the other thing people don't realize is that, you know, you don't have to do this on your own. You know, we we run things like the Right Book Buddies, which are groups of people who are all in the process of writing a book. Um, you do not have to go and sort of hide away in some lonely attic you know or slaving away over a, a, a notepad or, or a or a, a laptop you can find uh, you could find a writing coach you could find a developmental editor to work with you could find other people who are writing books like book buddies um, we have uh, we've got a group starting in February if anybody's interested so you know find ways of of finding other people to hold you accountable to your deadlines and your goals because otherwise i've seen people spend a long and don't be afraid if it takes a long time it's perfectly okay for it to take a long time many of us more entrepreneurial types tend to be in a bit of a rush and we're all like you know bullet a gate but actually you'll probably write a better book if you give this project some space and some time. And no doubt you're very busy in your business. So, you know, carve out the time, make it possible, make it, you know, maybe, I've got um, clients who will book a week in a cottage in the middle of nowhere with, you know, where the mobile signal is not good. I've myself wrote my second book by t- because my team were all on at me. Where's the where's the manuscript? Sue? where's the manuscript? And I got on a plane and I went to Mallorca for a week and I pretended to everybody I was on holiday. I wasn't. I was writing my book. And that was great. You know, so there are different ways, different tricks, different things. But do be aware that you may need to plan it. You may need to create a, a schedule and a plan and expect it to take longer than you think.
0: Yeah, what I found is a tip for people is that when I sat down to write the book at home, nothing came out. My mind just went blank. Another cup of coffee, go to a bit of gardening. Perhaps it'll all come back. It didn't. Yeah. And I had writer's block for about a month and I was being chased by the editor of Pearson, who was very nice. And I built rapport with her. So she was very kind to me and let me off. But uh, yeah, I did get writer's block. And you find that some of a lot of your authors get writer's block for a well, bit? Well,
1: this is where I say get help. Because, you know, writer's block is actually the voice in your head that's saying that you can't do it. And you need to get out of that You know, that mindset is not going to help you at all because and and, you know, just sharing it with somebody, whether it's an editor or a coach or a friend, it doesn't matter. Just know that you need to you need to move beyond that voice that's telling you that you can't do it. And the other thing is, I think if you come back to the why and the who always always. That helps because that idea that there's nothing there is, you know, you can just or if you start writing and you start writing about what you want to achieve, you will soon find that you free up because you're giving yourself that reminder of what your purpose is and who's going to benefit from this book being written. So it's not all about you. It's a bit like, you know how, as many of us, you know, Derek, you and I met in the speaking association. I know that there are other speakers here, Will and Shelley and, you know, various, I'm sure of you who are speakers as well. You know, we can get ourselves all tied up in knots by worrying about how good we are on the stage. And the best tip anyone ever gave me was to say it's not Sue, it's not about you, it's about them. If you put yourself out there in the audience's mind and say, I'm here to serve them, what is it they need from me? The nerves go, the you know, the jitters go, the worry about what it is that you're going to say because you're thinking about them. Think in the same way, I think you can use that when you're writing a book. You can think about the reader, you create somebody that's you know you can help with this book in your mind's eye and think about them asking you questions what is it that they want to know from you and that soon frees you up another thing I want to say about writer's block and about getting stuck actually quickly is you know don't don't you've got two heads when you write a book you've got the creative writing I'm making this up as I go along head and then you've got an editor head who's trying to tidy it all up Sometimes what happens is we have both of those voices in our minds. The editor person will, will stop the creative person from writing. So get rid of the editor for now. Tell them very kindly that person just to go away because you need that person later to come back and tidy things up. But actually get writing. Don't care too much about it being brilliant or perfect or wonderful. Just get writing. Get yourself into the flow. And, and then the editor can come back and, and tidy it all up for you.
0: And, of course, I uh, wrote my self-published book uh, without an editor, sent it out to all my friends. All their comments came back. They were all different. They are all different views, and I didn't know what to do. I had real overwhelm, and it wasn't, and that's just my personality. Those of you that know me well, I wasn't going to pay an editor to do this. I could do this. You know, I wrote reports and all sorts of things. I couldn't really, Sue. When uh, when Pearson put a professional editor on it, I couldn't believe the difference yeah. it made. Yeah. Um, so if people wanted to use you, Sue, in the, the hybrid model is basically, mm. they come up with an idea, they go to you, you help them, coach them, edit it, produce it, and mm. show them how to publish it. Yeah. What sort of, well, I'm gonna yeah. put you on the spot here, what sort of ballpark cost is that for anyone? It sounds like, uh, 10,000 pounds or something like that if you're using all these people
1: yeah i mean it's it, you know it is it is a it is a professional publishing route so it is essentially the same as you would get if you went to a trade or traditional publisher it's just that the business model is that you fund it so yes you probably are looking at something around that kind of ballpark figure to get your book produced professionally and 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 in the right way so you know we're using only book professional book trade professionals book publishing professionals so you know your designer and your editors and your proofreaders and the even the to write up to the people who print your book who are book manufacturers for people like Pearson and and all the other big publishers so you know everything is done to a very high standard and everything is done with a great deal of care towards creating the right book for you so there's a kind of double there's a lot of consultancy goes on there's a lot of kind of you know positioning and thinking very carefully about what you want to achieve with your book and and how we can help you make that work so the plan is you know is is a very important part of it of that piece so yeah you probably need to be looking at that kind of budget and then there's kind of On top of that, I guess you might be looking at developmental editing help or you might be looking at, uh, you know, it depends on how much help you need. So you can spend you could spend six grand or so on a book coach for a year if you wanted to do that. But not everyone needs to do that or has the wherewithal to do that. So it just depends a little bit on your budget and what how much support, how much resource you feel that you can invest in it. And then, of course, there's also PR and publicity at the end as well, which, which you know, whether you're with a traditional publisher or a hybrid, you would need to fund yourself as well. But you don't have to do that. You Again, you can use somebody in your team if you've got someone, or you can do it yourself, or you can, you know, there's there's all sorts of ways of, of, of doing promotion and publicity without necessarily having a huge budget for it.
0: And that might find us a professional publisher, like Pearson found Will and I, but, um, and that gives you all sorts of benefits like, and one of the things the MBA group I spoke to this morning didn't believe, and I saw their shock horror, that to get oh. it on, uh, to get it in the business book section at Heathrow, um, Pearson had to pay WX Smiths to have it there. So you have to right. pay a gain fee to get it there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's That's the fun. same with novels. And my wife was horrified when she realized that the novels that are showing in the top 10 were paid for by the publisher. To yeah. be there, and the books that's could have right. been absolutely useless. <laughs> and I was pretty horrified at that, but yeah. uh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. and uh, when it was, when the books were in there, and Wills was in there, and mine was in there. You know, if any of our friends saw it at number thirty-five, which it probably was, while well, the camera wasn't on, you just put it at number put one. It up that, on
1: the number that's one slot. Yay! For <laughs> in the
0: books. Yeah. So we're nearly out of time this has been absolutely brilliant loads of loads of advice for everyone one last tip for budding authors on the show today
1: Oh one last tip okay um oh um something i haven't said um well uh I, i'm going to come i'm going to say something i've already said i'm sorry but one last tip is just don't be lonely you know don't feel you need to do this alone However you do it, find somebody you can work with, whether that's a professional person or whether it's a friend who's also writing a book. It doesn't matter. Just get together with somebody else who's on this same journey so that you can share that experience with them. Uh, That that would be my my number one tip for anyone who's thinking of, of writing a book for their business.
0: And make sure that person's positive you don't want any of these people saying you'll never write a book because we know all where they are putting negative things in their head i think i might ring the negativity bell on me on (laughs) now you haven't said that but i think you should say it if people want advice from you you have a call to action don't you You take uh, you give people half an hour of free complimentary advice put them on the right uh, put them on the right page to get on with it
1: Absolutely, Derek. Yes, absolutely. I'm always... I this is one of my favorite bits about my job is I love listening to people's ideas and stories. So um what we do at the right book company is I personally spend um I get, I offer a, a a free discovery call to anyone who's got an idea. It needs to be business related. It doesn't have to be a business book, but if the book is related in some way to to your business. I absolutely want to hear about it. So you just go to the com, and right there on the homepage there's a button that says discovery call click on that fill in a very simple little form and we will be in touch to book you in for 30 minutes for us to have a chat about your book idea.
0: Great. Well you've really taken us through the whole uh, issues of books writing books self publishing finding a publisher and you probably won't find a publisher unless you do something about it in my opinion but uh, there we are sue richardson thanks for joining us and can i ask members of uh, monday night live to thank sue in the traditional way sue that was brilliant thank you so much thank And you. Um, one last thing that's just occurred to me you go to all these different book fairs you arrange for some of these books to be translated into Different languages. Seeing John Timms there sitting in Paris reminded me of that.
1: Yeah, well, we sell the rights, Derek. When, whenever we can, we sell the rights. We just just in the last week, we sold one book in Lithuania. We sold a Ukrainian rights to a book um, earlier in the year. amazing. I didn't think even the bookstores are, are closed in U- Ukraine, but they're still buying books. Uh, we sell in China, we sell in Vietnam, we, we sold all over the world. So yes, sometimes some of the books that um, our authors write get translated and and published into other languages, which is always very exciting for everybody.
0: Clearly the trick is knowing how to do it. And that's where your expertise comes in. Sue Richardson, thanks for joining Monday Night Live. I hope you join us again. Thank in you. In a uh, few months time.
1: I'd be delighted. Thank you so much, Derek. Thanks, Thank everybody. You.